and clearing the floods. Mm. It's a, a good exercise every day just to frame that, that term. And it's like, do you wash your body every day? Clean your teeth every day? Yeah, do you tidy your house? Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously, you need to do the same thing with your mind. Freshen up and realize that, like a house, yeah, it just accumulates debris and dust gets in, it's not just the way it is. Um, uh, particularly when we're living in a saturated environment, uh, psychologically, mentally saturated with. Uh, you know, signs, words, do this, do that, you know, input of all kinds, it's saturated. Some of it can just drift through, some of it, but some of it clogs, uh, and uh, therefore um, it's not purely sensorial, you know, it's not just the amount of things you see, it's the amount of things that strike the heart. Yeah. And uh, the result of this, if it's not moderated, is there is, um, as I mentioned, a loss of autonomy. That is, we are sort of completely um, immersed, unable to differentiate. We're just in, you know, move around like a puppet. There's no autonomy. And this is also to do with um, one's energies. That is, your energies and your intentions are captured. You have to do this, you have to do that, you've got to operate at this speed, you've got no time, because now you've got to do the next thing, and it becomes hypnotic. One gets into this kind of voodoo dance, where you're just jogging along <laughs> in a trance. <laughs> yeah. uh, and there's the result, also there's loss of receptivity, that is, we are not, we are uh, kind of numbed by that overload. Um, we're only receptive to certain features. You know, we might be receptive to certain things, you know, uh, desirables, um, fear, things we fear, things we desire, particular areas we're receptive to, perhaps hyper-receptive, otherwise we lose a wider receptivity, and most fundamentally we lose receptivity to our embodiment, a sense of being here, and our hearts, a sense of uh, caring, you could say in a very simple, simple way. Not anguish, but a sense of, uh, you know, I'm kind of touched and, and responsive to this. I'm not just numbed out. Um, and, you know, one can feel bad about that, but it's just the result really it's not a personal flaw so much as the 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 amount to which one's heart is um occluded and that can be just because there's so much going on you just can't you've got you know overload uh, and also defense i don't want to know anymore because it's just i can't manage anymore you just walk past you just can't manage it so these are, you know, touching into some some topics that uh, some recognition points that you want to 
make every day. What's your autonomy? It doesn't mean you know you're completely isolated. It means you can choose, and you can, you're able to make a mature, responsible yes, and also mature, responsible no. Simply speaking, uh, and this um, this is your, this is you will say this is very simple meditation in a way that's using that filter, the yes-no filter, yeah, that we um, place as the as the, like putting a, a grid on a river, so the river flows through, so sticks and stones, you know, trash doesn't go, it gets caught in the grid, and then we can take it out and throw that away. And the first um, yes-no, um, Reference, I suppose, um, ethical. And yesterday we began reflecting on refuge, and today we might begin reflecting on precepts, um, ethical orientation. So this is not like just a a rule-keeping thing where you're bounded by fear, or obligation, but an ethical orientation that's based upon understanding mutuality. No one actually is incarcerated alone. We all affect others. Others affect us. We live in a mutual environment. Um, How am I handling that mutuality? Am I respectful? Am I abusive? Am I careless uh, to others? Am I um, careless to myself? Did, you know, um, so the moral precepts, we have the harmlessness, or not taking life, and you play that one. Is this something you can really say, no, I don't do that? To any degree. So you look at that. You think, could this be, you know, more firmed up, um, uh, more consciously held? How is that one? Mm. Mm. Taking that which isn't given, any manipulative, under the counter, under the table, <laughs> doesn't really matter. Nobody's noticing. because somebody is noticing (laughs) the most important person in the world is noticing which is you (laughs) so if you're deceiving yourself (laughs) that's that's pretty bad yeah No, this is the thing we want to bear in mind. This isn't just about whether other people notice or care. You should notice and care because this is uh, if we develop, if we are allowing these unskillful influences to take over, then we're gonna mind is going to be very no resolution, no firmness to it. Yeah, no, no spine. <laughs> yeah. And that's not going to stand up. 
that can't that can't hold a flood back. They can't filter anything. Um, sexual misconduct. Do we regard you know? So how do we handle that? You know, so that our uh, sexual energies or um, relational energies are really truly mutual. Mm-hmm. Negotiated, mutual. Refraining from harmful speech. So, uh, deceit, conscious knowing deceit. And uh, mm-hmm. so, saying no. And uh, gossip, talking about people. In a, in a way that defames them, even thinking about them in stereotype ways, if you really take this precept inwardly, something you can feel the kind of impish intoxication of gossip. <laughs> There's a certain you know, nice little bit you've got on somebody you want to share, a certain impish. Uh, quality uh, doesn't seem directly evil it just seems kind of slightly daring you know but then no it's not what you know there are harm that can happen when people realize they've had a whole lot of stories spread about them and so when you do this mutuality thing say would i like that to be done to me would i like to be gossiped about would i like to be harmed would i how would I feel about being sexually abused? How would I like it if somebody took away what was mine? And uh, harsh speech, swearing, cursing, reviling. Is there other ways one can express one's <laughs> dissent? <laughs> Which is like, no, that's not, no, that's not appropriate. No, I really take a stand I don't no, I don't support that mm. so firming up certainly one can express dissent but it doesn't have to be uh, aggressive and finally just pointless chit chat which is about escapism as is the fifth precept uh, intoxicants this is about escape And when we you look at that area that's talked about yesterday, allure, that is the I mean, compelling, you must have this. It's a trinket, clothing, item, device, other person, you've got to have it. It's a kind of there's a compelling, compulsive quality to it. That can't be good. That that's gonna you lose your freedom there. You lose autonomy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, aversive to do with threat, aversion, ag- aggressiveness. Um, that signal, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you can see obviously harming creatures because I, tam thing. Uh, But the, probably the big one actually is escapism. You know, you can generally recognize aversion and threat and, and aggressive 
you know, and feel bad about it afterwards and try to tackle it. Uh, but escapism is marketed. <laughs> uh, why not? Why not is because we don't actually deepen into anything that's really grounded, stable, and able to meet a whole load of challenge. Yeah. So that we we lose that firmness, that stability, that groundedness that's so essential for autonomy. Escapism, escape. Let me. Uh, just it's a bit uncomfortable. Let me. Uh, uh, feeling a bit bored. Let's uh, something. You know, uh, uh, this. Uh, look at the screen. You know, one can spend. Now you can spend all, whole life escaping. <laughs> you know, it's twenty-four-seven. You know, you can have something switched on. So you think, well, let me look at that. And, okay, there's a reason why we seek escape. Discomfort. Now, is that something that I can begin to put a, some kind of restraint on? Yeah. So, not, so physical discomfort may be, yeah, okay, I want to relieve physical discomfort. Emotional discomfort, maybe I need to, um, I can change that. I can be stable, open, receptive in the face of that which is emotionally disagreeable. So that I could penetrate the ending of suffering and stress, liberate the heart. Now, of course, um, there are many uncomfortable memories and um, things you, you can, perceptions and phenomena that one finds oneself just don't want to notice, don't want to be with, don't want to, you know, either in the world or in myself. You know. um, but as long as escapism becomes a, a dominant strategy, then uh, there's no not only no liberation, but there's almost no no meaning. We haven't established autonomy and stability. So let's first of all take a few moments, five minutes, ten minutes, just recollecting and any way you like, just um, looking at these precepts. Uh, because the ability to say no even if you lose it, even if you said no in the morning, but you did it in the evening, <laughs> you've lost it. Still, the next day, you say, okay, say no a bit deeper, a bit more repeatedly, take it down into your body. So it's not just, all oh, right, I won't do that. Now, that's not good enough. Uh, when, we, when we make these yes-no boundaries, you've got to, oh, I probably won't. No, no, that's not good enough. I'll have a go. No, no, <laughs> that's not good enough. <laughs> you get to the point where take it into your heart, take it into your body, firm up. 
go still. Stand, sit, still. Take it into your body, breathe in and out with it three or four times. Five times, one time, six times, doesn't matter. But breathe in and out till you feel that sense of there's a somatic mm, gravity to it. I, yeah. And then this means that goes right into the heart. And you've got a higher success rate. It still might blow it by the end of the day. But it doesn't matter. Because you, you made the determination, even if you flunk, it's much better to make the determination and flunk and try again than to say, well, you know, I'll just sort of make a reasonable attempt because that doesn't go anywhere. It just means you start to say, well, maybe a little bit of <laughs> deceit is okay, you know, and you haven't really put a filter. So take some time to develop this art, this skill of resolution. So it's very helpful to start a day or or to start a retreat with what can I say no to and what can I say yes to right the yes boundary is where my energy can rise and right now it can't doesn't say yes to that but if I start off saying no to a few things the chances are the yes will arise in the space that I've generated so just review a little bit your ethical and not just um, purely in terms of precepts but uh, uh, relational experience and uh, how you are in the world how you are and, and also saying no to energies that I know take me nowhere useful the distract energy the blame energy those, those pathways.
Yeah, thank you. So uh, you may find a few other things. I uh, the chitta, the aware heart. Once you start to ask it, uh, <laughs> it comes up with a few other pieces like. Uh, uh, I'm noticing energetically um, you know, habits, mm, compulsive doing, or compulsive passing the buck. It is up to her. No, no, I can't. No, I can't. Or, oh, I'll do it. You know, when you get into these habits, I tend to be a bit of a compulsive, I'll do. Sort of compulsive volunteer. <laughs> and I think just wait. And allow other people to rise up. Yeah. And I expect it's the same for you, but I've never been as old as I am today before. I've never been this old before. But I still act like I'm about twenty-eight. <laughs> You've got to keep moderating the energy, yeah. and a sense of staying within your energetic boundary, and looking at the habits that take you out of that. Now, uh, um, we're going to practice with using embodiment as a, a reference to where our energies arise from that, that move into action. And the effects where these energies run in your body. Mostly they come up into the face and the front. You're reaching, most people are heading up and forward, up and forward, we're kind of launching into, we always think the future is somehow in front, so there's the rising, yeah, that, uh, that which is to be done is, is up and forward, there's energetic lift and push which takes you up into the top of, top of your face, and you lose your feet and awareness. Now actually, as you probably recognise, if you stand still, the future will still happen. This doesn't depend upon you rushing forward <laughs> to it. <laughs> future will happen. Uh, and maybe if you stood still, energetically, psychologically, you'd meet the future in a much more resourceful way than if you're constantly tipping over. Makes sense, doesn't it? Hmm. Now, what we are looking at in terms of filtering is not oblivion to 
you know, anything else outside of immediate sense contact, but filtering. So adjusting. One of the primary filters uh, are, when you establish an ethical sense, getting used to filtering as a natural process, just like cleaning your teeth. But it's something that should be on present all the time. A certain filtering process present all the time. And it's not really based upon pleasurable, unpleasurable, pleasurable, painful, agreeable, disagreeable. That filter is extremely um, ineffective and irresponsible. Instead, the filter, once we've established ethical filter, it's an energetic filter. That is, what can I do with the whole body without my head flying off my shoulders energetically, my eyes popping out of my head, leaving my feet behind? Um, what can I do that doesn't you know, energetically strangle me or tear me apart you know and uh, just to recognize this is quite normal it sounds like powerful language but um yeah certainly if i in the city i can recognize there's a lot of heads moving around with no feet under them particularly when you don't even need them you're sitting in a vehicle lines are off uh, right. so uh, Coming into energetic balance.